The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, this is Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me is mostly always my co-host, Steven Brown. And two weeks in a row with you. Yeah, I almost didn't remember I had to say my name there. No, and not only that, I actually saw you this week, which yes, was happens. like maybe the third time since since quarantine since happened. March, or probably before March, because uh, that's when we went into quarantine. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I stopped by your house and gave you some books, and uh, we uh, it was raining and we both had masks on, so I'm going to give that half credit. Yeah, and outside. Yeah. Uh, and then I had, uh, I had a show with my band, You Came, and we all had masks on. But we, uh, we met at Mr. Wayne's because we are experiencing a deluge of figures right now. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, ridiculous how quickly they pump these things out. Yeah, it, it's a t- it's a ton. So Mr. Wayne's got in the new Avengers set. I got the full set and built the Joe Fix It because that's who I am. You got Yocasta and Kang. Yes, they look fantastic. Yeah, and then within the last week, uh, with Black Friday hitting, I got uh, f- four new Target exclusives today. They did an animated Rogue and Gambit, and uh, two new Spider Man variants of the cyborg spider-man that eric larson designed and then the negative spider-man that was in i think a john ramita issue of spider-man where he's like black and white he's black where the red should be uh those were all coming out on tuesday there's mandalorian exclusives coming out like a deluxe mandalorian with a removable helmet and uh the baby yoda in a pod um by the way we have a name for baby yoda yeah, that was, that happened this week, right? Yeah, this is a minor spoiler, but it yeah. just it came out in the middle of it that uh, his name is Groku. 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 Yeah, uh, it's like they can do whatever they want to name that baby. It's going to be Baby Yoda for the rest of the well, world. Here's, you know? here's the thing: I was talking about it. Uh, I was watching it with a friend of mine, and, uh, and she was like, "How how long do you think they came up with it?" I was like, "There was a whiteboard. There was oh, absolutely one hundred percent." Yeah, because they were because you know John Favreau did not like us calling him Baby Yoda. He's like, look, he's not Yoda, he's he's not Yoda's son, he's not Baby Groot. He's right. He's just whatever species that is. He's the child, and they put the child on everything. There's like twenty five different plush uh, Mandalorian the child, which is an awful bland name. Yeah, if you want to say that he had a name. Yeah, so you know there was a, a virtual whiteboard where they were like Guga. Gringo, you know right. what? I I feel like Stan Lee should have lived to have seen that moment. Yeah, or at least could have overseen it. Yeah, because then you just bring Stan Lee in and make noises, which is how he named all his all his monsters in the fifties. Right. He's and like Gru and he's, all these terrible fifties yeah. monsters. It's like, well, Stan, what do you got? Buganzo. <laughs> yeah, Flufidu. Groot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a Groot watcher. Is, no, uh, no. <laughs> one that's one of the things I always forget about Groot is he's a, he's one of the original like Marvel monsters. Yeah, well, I just I just rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two this weekend, 
and I was waiting for the post credit scene. And when the, the credits came up with, uh, there's like seven different credits for created by, because you know, right. Guardians of the Galaxy was took characters from all different books. They weren't created in that book. The only one of those characters created by Stan Lee is Groot. Right. Yeah, everyone must have Jim Starlin, right? Um, well, yeah, Starlin created Drax. I think uh, John Byrne created Star-Lord. Um, Gamora might have been Starlin. Uh, Rocket Raccoon was Steve Gerber. Right. So that was from all over. Yeah. Yeah, but we, uh, we are going gonna... Who created the original Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, God. Uh, I feel like they were in like it. Grunewald? Man, they, they were in an issue like Marvel 2-in-1, which yeah. I don't think was their first appearance, but that's how far back I, I go. And it's a completely different team. It's like the team it's that the, kind Well, of, it's the guys that kind of shows up in the second Guardians movie. Star yeah, Rock like... Martin X and Charlie 27 and all those guys. Yeah, Vance Astro. It's yeah. like and, and Sylvester Stallone puts them together. Yes, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is an absolute mess. It is. is. Yeah. Or, yeah, Starhawk? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's his name. He had light up shoulders. One who knows? That's what he says. Oh, but he's the only one who knows because neither yeah. of us do. No, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I got. Well, so Marvel Legends. I got that. I got those four exclusives. I got a full set. Um, I found a Cara Dune, um, Star Wars Black, which is Marvel Legends. And then today I went to Challengers, and uh, they had the f- retro Doctor Doom, which had like the first appearance bib on it. Oh, yeah, he's got, like, the – it's this – I don't know what you call it. There's definitely a name for it. We should have some historian it's on kind the of tunic-y, like It's a, like uh, – it's the same thing Toad wears around his neck. Yes, it's yeah. exactly the same thing. And I already had two Dooms because he came with two heads, so now I have three Dooms so that uh, – Wow, oh, wow, wow. You have Doom hats. The original Doom, I put the little bib on him, and that's first appearance Doom, and he didn't have a cape. And then the his body is, like – so has the light green tunic against the army green cape. So then I took the original head on that, and that's my John Byrne Doom. And then there's like that modern, like Jim post Jim Lee Doom that's like got a really creepy face. Yeah, the like modern mask. Yeah. So so I've got three Doctor Dooms because again, that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I need them. I need all of them. Oh, you cool, have- cool, clearly. You have one Doom. What head are you using with him? I have uh, Doom with his like classic uh, head on. Oh, you think? Like, uh, no, Jack Kirby designed a perfect costume. <laughs> it's yeah. like every time anyone does an update to Doom, the only update I ever like when they change Doom is they put like fur on his shoulders. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it works, you know? <laughs> I'm not really down with the fur on his shoulders. Yeah, I yeah. like the, uh, I do feel like that classic, the flat classic's got a little bit of burn going on too. The yeah, burn didn't read. Byrne didn't redesign Kirby stuff. He just kind of tweaked, tweaked it for the it 80s little, for yeah. the era. Yeah. Um, but Jim Lee kind of did that like scary, like that heavy eyebrow doom. Yeah, the hood's bigger. Yeah, the hood's bigger and it hangs lower. And then and then he's also got like big heavy eyebrows to make him look scarier and his mouth is more frowny. Right. And it's I'm angry. cool with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm cool. cool with, I'm cool with doom being angry. Yeah, he does it often. Yeah, but we we're you know it's Christmas. It's Christmas time now. Thanksgiving's over. Yeah, we made it. Hmm. Yeah, it was. I'm in like this. I don't know about you. I'm in this like a weekend hangover. Well, it's like I think because we've been off for so long because it's 
Wednesday was the last day a lot of people worked, right? So on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then if you don't have Thanksgiving, well, you know, a lot of people stayed home, a lot of people didn't do anything. So it's right. like, you, it's like a four day weekend of just not doing anything. Yeah. But I didn't know what day it was. And I like woke up today and I'm like, wait, it's over. And I, I left my job on Wednesday and I'm starting a new job on Monday. So I'm like completely floating through space. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. So I've got just like, I don't know. I'm like all dried out or something. <laughs> I got like a low yeah, grade yeah. headache. Did you enjoy Maybe it's Corona? I think that about everything. Yeah. Every seriously. time I blow my nose, it's Corona. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Blowing the Corona out of my nose. But at this point, you know, I'm not a member of Trump's staff, so I don't think I have it. <laughs> yeah. It's insane how many people, they just can't keep people from, it's just, it just comes down to mask wearing, you know, you just don't, they're not yeah. on their masks. Yeah, when you, think mask we- you, when you think mask wearing is stupid, you get corona. It's kind of, most of us knew that. Right. At least that's what they've been warning us about this whole time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got to say, I've been on the, um, that Avengers game that came out for PlayStation a couple months back. How is that? Um, eh, it's that's enjoyable, but it's not great. Okay. But I guess they've lost the the company that put the game out lost like millions of dollars in the Yeah, this game is not doing well. Not doing well. And I guess up to like ninety six percent of the players that were playing it on like PC or like Steam, which is like a console, yeah, um, aren't playing the game. They've lost that's how many people they've lost. And wow. they were gonna add all this new content. It's supposed to be like Destiny where Destiny added like new content every couple months, new levels, new bosses, like new gear, new equipment, things like that. Yeah, I know Sony's, spo- Sony's supposed to add, to do. the PlayStation is supposed to add Spider-Man because since Sony has the movie rights to Spider-Man, they also have exclusive video game rights. Right. So the so Spider-Man game is only PlayStation it. and uh, the Miles game is with a PS5 and, oh, I could make this entire episode about my, uh, my failures of the, getting a PS5. Oh, the PS5? I thought you were going to talk about the contracts between like the rights of who owns what. That's a little. No, I'm always interested in that. No, but I, I was one of the millions of idiots that was waiting. Walmart put Walmart, put PlayStation up for uh, sale on their website, like every three hours at one point. And it was uh, really fun to be like refreshing, 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 watch the website crash for three minutes and then wait for all the bots to get the PS5s. Wow. And then 10 minutes later, there were 75 PlayStations on eBay for $1,500. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't understand how we, they haven't figured out a way around bots yet. I don't think Walmart cares. Yeah, but, I mean, they're just selling it. So, right, what do they yeah, care? The, the way Walmart figures is like, hey, we had 400 of them up and they all sold in five minutes. Hooray us. They don't care yeah. that human beings aren't buying them. They're Walmart. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so uh, is is there still hope to get a PS5 for Christmas? They were saying or is they it going to be no, like I think um, trying to get a Turbo Man doll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all on a Schwarzenegger now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure are. So Did they I said, t- no, you're not going to be able to get one? I, I, I tell you, oh, um, my original podcast <laughs> was like 10 years ago. was called Audio Commentaries of Audio Commentaries. We did Jingle All the Way. And we turned it yeah. into a drinking game where you took a drink anytime somebody said Turbo Man. Yeah. About an that's hour. a mistake. 
It was a huge mistake. About an hour in, I went, okay, only when Arnold says Turbo Man. Yeah, but he's... We were on the floor within an hour. Oh, there's one point where he just starts yelling at Anakin Skywalker. He's like, Turbo Man, Turbo Man, Turbo Man, tired of him, Turbo Man, Turbo Turbo Man. It's a great movie. No, it isn't. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) No, it, it... Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger has to worry about Sinbad. It's not a great movie. But he dresses up as a supervillain. Yes, as a giant furry supervillain. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's terrible. You're, you're of the age where you like everything from the mid-90s. I sure am. Yeah, have you watched all of Animaniacs yet? Uh, I haven't, yeah. I, um, I have not watched Animaniacs. I watched Mandalorian because that's all I care about. Yeah. And I finished and it's um, great. season three of Young Justice, which wasn't great like the first two seasons i think were really really great and that third season was like definitely the weakest of the three but i guess there's another one coming i don't know what it was about young justice i don't know if it's the age i was which it may be because some people so many people like it i was all excited for it and it started and i was like hmm. and I, I feel like it was also at the moment when the dc animated movie stopped being amazing yeah, and it was like it's just it was just kind of so serious. Yeah, the movies got heaven. bad, and that but that show they did a great job. I would say the um, um, it's it's a weird spot of DC content that you're not consuming. You watched all of Gotham and you hated it. Yeah, <laughs> so I hate it. Well, I hate a show and watch that, but don't want to watch this, which is a good show. Yeah, now Pennyworth is starting its second season, and I'm not doing that. No, I watched Jesus. all. Of, I watched all of Young Justice seasons one and two on Cartoon Network, and it was like I don't know why I said that. Like my English, English is a second language. Maybe I'm just really tired. <laughs> it might be that you're tired. Yes. Um, yeah, I watched it all on Cartoon Network. It was like Clone Wars. I watched it every week because I'm into the franchise, and I was not enjoying myself. And Clone Wars, I went back to Rebels because Mandalorian apparently is like every week pulls things out of Clone Wars. Yeah, that's what everyone's been telling me. It's basically a sequel to that. So like people are losing their mind because, you know, Gus Fring has a black lightsaber and Starbucks shows up as a Mandalorian. And it's uh, apparently it's all from those series. Yeah, a buddy of mine uh, is loved all those series. He's a massive Star Wars fan. He's like a Mandalorian, like a cosplayer guy, like an official one. And yeah. he was saying all this stuff. He's like, if you watch those cartoons, all of them, he's like, the whole show is just, it's like, uh, it's in that same continuity. It's yeah, like but I like watching the show. I don't like watching the cartoons. And that was this week. Ahsoka was on it. Right. Yeah. She's the big one. Right. Is that like, and these are the people that even in and did the animated voices are doing the characters too. Like I guess yeah. the one girl, the Mandalorian girl was the same voice actor that voice. Well, Katie Sackhoff last actor. week who was Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. She did the voice on the animated series and then came back to play the character this week. Right. Ahsoka was Rosario Dawson. Who's she, uh, and she did not play her in the cartoon. No, no, I don't believe so. But she was just Claire Temple on all the Netflix Marvel series. So she yeah. was in Luke Cage and Daredevil. She's in Men in Black 2. Um, I always get her confused with um, the um, the girl that plays Gamora. Because she was also in Star Trek, I think. Yes, Zoe, Zoe, Zoe Saldana. Saldana. Yeah. yeah, I always and confuse she, those two. She's also in Avatar. Fun fact about Rosario Dawson, she is cousins with... Uh, Gus Vasquez, who I used to work with at Art Asylum, who created Big Hero 6 for Marvel. 
Oh, wow. Weird. He did he did the first couple of issues. Actually, back when we were in Art Asylum, it was called Sunfire and Big Hero 6 because they were trying yes, to get... I was actually going to say the first Big Hero 6 book was a Sunfire team up. Yeah, they were trying to ride on X-Men to boost the sales. And he was actually working on it when we all worked together. He, uh, he gets a credit in Big Hero 6, but like they're cousins. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. He's still my Facebook friend. So every now and then there's pictures of like Rosario Dawson at a family function. That's so they've got a lot of, so that family has weird Marvel connections. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, and now she's in, and now, now she's in Mandalorian, which I thought was great this week. Yeah, I mean, every episode is pretty good. Um, it's definitely my favorite live action Star Wars. It's just like hands down. Empire Strikes is still the best movie they've ever done, but I think in terms of like um, creative action and stuff, it's like we're just a little further along than we were back when they made Empire. You know, it's like it's it still going to have the emotional punch of like the reveal of Vader as Luke's father. It's like all that great story stuff's there, but this Mandalorian show is just so fun. It's the most I've enjoyed anything Star Wars since Empire Strikes Back. I mean, yeah. even return the best. Even yeah. going back to Return of the Jedi, I'm like, yeah, it's not that great a movie. Um, yeah. And then it's been like trying to work up my enthusiasm in a nostalgic way, but this does it perfectly. Yeah, and I was worried when they, I w- I was kind of ha- hoping we weren't going to see too much Jedi. Um, but even like the introduction of like, here's the first Jedi this guy met because he talked about the Jedi like they were an old religion they were wizards or something. It was like, it was like he had never met a Jedi before. And you wouldn't know by watching star Wars that Jedis are rare because they're in every movie constantly. They're always around, but yeah, they I, should be a little bit more rare. And you know, not everyone's going to know what they are, who, what they can do. Yeah. I was so hoping we wouldn't see any Jedi. Like I was disappointed at the end of season one, when they showed the dark saber, I was like, ah, come on. Like for once, I don't want to hear about the force and the Jedi and right. the mystical stuff. Like I just want to see bounty hunters like fighting Jawas and aliens and stuff. Um, so that's pretty much what we've gotten. You know, we've got, okay, so now we have an episode with the first Jedi, but it's like Rosario Dawson's not going to be on the Mandalorian every episode. You know what I mean? Like we might see her one or two more times, but she's, that might be it for her, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she comes back at the end of the season. Like, her and Timothy Oliphant, I feel like they built their characters up to a point. Right, where yeah, and they bring, they looks like they're bringing just about it. If, as long as the characters don't die, it seems like they bring them back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what happened with season one. They ended up bringing everybody back by the end. Uh, uh, I think there'll be more, but I was actually thinking at the end of the episode that she might be, like, a multi-episode uh, arc. I thought she might have gone with them and helped train Grogu. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, but it, she's like, no, stand behind. So yeah, we'll, and I think that's cool. It's like, I don't need, it's like, I do like the idea that they grow the cast a little, it shrinks a little. It's like revisit a lot of these locations. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all good with every direction they're making in this show. Yeah. And I think the big thing about Osaka, uh, who's been around since 2008, actually, she, she was introduced in the Clone Wars movie. And so she's been around a long time there and she has a lot of fans and they were always, there's always this, uh, they were always upset about it because they're like, Oh, you never see her again. She must've been killed by order 66 in revenge of the Sith when they will wipe out the Jedi, but nobody wanted her to die. So I think it was, I was definitely like, look, she's still one that survived. And this episode was written and directed by Dave Filoni who created clone wars and rebels so he had a vested interest in keeping her around. Although, wow. 
the more you find out like the worst the worst job they did with order 66 because it's like oh there are no jedis left but there's luke and there's leia and there's obi-wan and there's yoda and there's osaka like there's a bunch of jedi just running around they're all over the damn place yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know as much as like oh he is that boy is our last hope it's like there's last hope you know about because you didn't call osaka yet there's a lot of Jedi running around. Well, and it's like the Jedi are always kind of like, they're always hiding. Every Jedi is always has the same mission. It's like, stay on this deserted planet, hide from the Empire. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not great. And wear robes. Right, exactly. Yeah. I remember like up. when the original Star Wars happened and Obi-Wan was wearing robes, it's like, yeah, everyone on Tatooine wore some kind of robes. Right. But then then when you see the prequels and that'll just like, oh, that's just your thing. You just go all over the universe wearing these really long robes. They don't seem like the best to fight in. Right. They're not really good when you go into water, which they've gone to water planets. Yeah, it's uh it's weird. It's it's so much was dictated by that first movie and it worked. It's like Star Wars got kind of lucky, I think. It got like very lucky, idea. yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of the whole idea of how it came together. It's like uh, it was kind of the right thing at the right time. It's like, it did get kind of lucky in the way it came about. You know, it's like, uh, I, especially with like George Lucas, especially having so many crazy ideas, you know, it's like, and if these weren't like, he had crazy ideas like later in life. It's like, he had crazy ideas all the way in the beginning. You, you ever read that first, that first draft? The Starkiller Chronicles? The, I didn't read the first draft, but um, Dark Horse actually put out a series and it was called the Star Wars. Yes, it it's was based a, on that draft. Based on the draft, and it's I read not good. that, and it wasn't great. <laughs> no, it's like Han Solo was like a green guy, and like I don't even know what Chewbacca was, or maybe Chewbacca <laughs> was like a big green monster. It was very bizarre. Yeah, it's like Luke was a girl. Yeah, and it's, I think it's like there's probably some stuff in there that's good or whatever, but it's like the. I just think it's like it was definitely something where somebody came along and recognized there was something there and they, they, they drew it out, you know? Yeah, and I, it's always interesting to think about the time that it came out because I was, I was five, so I so it was like, oh, here's a movie Round that's appropriate. Zero. You didn't have a chance. I'm not done. Like, I, you know, I've, I've said this many times on the show. I went to see Star Wars when I was five. Uh, I, I don't know where my Mego superhero toys went, but when I got home, they were gone. Wow. It was just like overnight, everything was Star Wars. But it's yeah. also like at the time it came out, like even 1977, like Hollywood wasn't prepared for it. Like everybody was just on cocaine and listening to disco. Right. And they were like, and Jaws had, was the biggest movie ever, but Jaws was still like eating children. Right. And everything was still kind of dark and Scorsese and Coppola were, you know, making like Mean Streets and Godfather and everything was getting grittier and grittier and grittier and darker and darker. And then this thing just comes out, which seemed to be seeming to be for the wrong audience. Right. For the time. Right. I mean, at least it's like, but I mean, then again, it's like you could argue as the right audience because look at what it's become. Right. You well, know, it's and like that's an entire a, generation of kids were helpless before Star Wars. Yeah. But that generation was Generation X, which in numbers was a lot smaller than the boomers or your generation, the millennials. So, right, and but and you made it this cultural thing. Yeah, it just kept going. I noticed it in the '90s too. Um, there was a period in the '90s that it, it was dead. It, it was just dead after Jedi. They did like a droids cartoon, and 
uh, no, like Marvel dropped the license. Nobody did anything. They weren't making any toys. And then just little by little in the 90s, um, they talk about this in uh, Gallery in the Making of Mandalorian. Like John Knoll, who did a lot of um, the effects for the prequels, who worked at Lucasfilm, they said every year they would have like the Lucasfilm like annual meeting and somebody would go, are we going to work on Star Wars? And Lucas would always say, no, no, no. And they said sometime in the mid-90s, he was like, eh, maybe. And then little by little, I think he just gave the green light to, to things because around 95, all of a sudden, Kenner put out figures again. And it was like, 95 was not a big anniversary. It wasn't like the 25th or the 30th anniversary. They just, they just put out a line of new figures and just to see what would happen. And then that turned into a line which is still running today. Like they, yeah. ne- they never looked back. They never stopped. Between 86 and 95, there was nothing. Between 95 and 2020, there's never been a pause. And then they were just like, the comics started coming out again. And then they, um, they did the Shadows of the Empire where they made a video game and a book and a comic and some figures. And they made this, Elliot Serrano and I were talking about this. They made like all of this merchandise around a non-existent movie. So it was really weird. So you would like read all the tie-ins Oh, and I remember kind of this. get the story, but not really get the story. Right. And I started to notice as well that just there were more and more Star Wars references and things like things like even like shows like Friends and News Radio, like NBC sitcoms. They were starting to drop Star Wars references, and I think it was because um, my generation was getting into their late twenties, and just little by little, like there was just this gradual acceptance in the nineties about like, hey, we all love Star Wars, right? And, you know, there was that, uh, there was that uh, fan film Troops, which was like a YouTube video before YouTube, and they had to like pass it around on CD-ROMs. And then it was all built up for Lucas, who had been planning the prequels for a long time. And then it really like, it, it hit this mass. It was brilliantly marketed because it built up over several years and then just exploded in like, here's the new Star Wars movie. And actually, the the biggest step towards that were the special editions. When the special editions came right. out in 97, people lost their minds. Like we, we went to the theater opening weekend for all three movies and you, you don't, people don't really go to revivals, you know, but like I went, I went with my cousin Walker and uh, Howie Weingarten and a lot of people that have been on the show. And it was, we all it was went. the first time uh, me and all my siblings and my friends saw Star Wars in a theater. Really? So, we, so yeah, we'd never seen it. So, I mean, we'd seen it. You'd seen the, it on home video. Right, on video, but never we'd never seen it in theater. So, I mean, we all went just because it was like, oh, cool. We actually get to see this, like, you know, f- uh, favorite movie of ours on a big screen because we, we didn't exist when these movies came out. Yeah, and I and think all that's... the Kenner figures, we were like nine and ten when those figures hit. So, we were all playing with Star Wars action figures. Yeah, you were the age... Uh, when I was that age, Kenner was originally putting out the figures. Right. So we both got targeted by Kenner at a young age. And yeah. They and, it, like, oh. and it's funny because it was this multi-year marketing plan to build up to the first new Star Wars movie, which was the worst Star Wars movie anyone ever made. Yeah. And yeah, it's weird. I remember the, the coming out. I remember being like crazy excited that it was coming out and – uh, but it's like, I don't think I was old enough to realize like how much it was impacting like the bigger culture, you know, me and all my friends were excited, but it's like no one else ever cared about what we were excited about. So it just seemed like, um, a movie that was, we were excited about, we liked, but you know, 
Yeah. And that was, and it was weird. It was like this huge misfire where actually, if you go back to like 2000, 2001, I mean, now that's 20 years ago. Um, it's almost amazing that Star Wars survived that because, you know, the movie made a lot of money because everybody went to see a new Star Wars movie, but the toys were way overproduced. They tanked, yeah. you know, Lucas thought Jar Jar Binks was going to be the next big thing and everybody hated him. And then, uh, and then they kept getting eclipsed. I know we've talked about this on the show, but the worst thing that could have ever happened to Phantom Menace was the Matrix coming out two months earlier because it did all the Jedi moves so much better yeah. than the Jedi's did. And then the worst thing that could have happened to Attack of the Clones was Lord of the Rings came out in between, which Jesus. did world building so much better. World building and giant armies fighting. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, it did the scope better. It was based on source material that predated Star Wars that people loved and it did it justice. And then the and then the worst that and then it came out against Spider-Man. I remember seeing Attack of the Clones and walking out of there and going just wandering in to see Spider-Man again. Yeah, <laughs> like just like, the, I like left a cleanser. Yeah, I left Attack of the Clones so dissatisfied I went to see the final hour because I walked in Spider-Man in the middle. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's, and that's a thing. It's like I think it's like, um, it's not so much that those movies came out when they came out two thousand one or whatever. It's more of like what came out when they were in theaters. Right, and those and, are not good movies to go up against. No, and then Revenge of the Sith came out the same summer as Batman Begins, Nolan's first Batman movie. Wow, yeah, it's like they yeah, didn't no chance. <laughs> And I remember going to Revenge of the Sith. I was like, we're done now, right? Oh, God, let's just, and there was this feeling of let's just get this over with. Right. But just still went. Yeah, I still went. I wanted to see it finish. And of course, you know, that was four movies ago. Yeah. It's like, I do remember seeing the movies. I probably have seen them a couple times on DVD since either at the store, or just they were on TV or something. But it's like, they, they all had stuff in them I liked. They were just everything else about them was so terrible <laughs> you know yeah. it's like oh ewan mcgregor is obi-wan kenobi he's fantastic he's good in the movie you we're know, still, it's like, and we're still gonna get that disney plus show right you know so no like, end, but there, there were things that were interesting it's just like overall they were just <laughs> terrible yeah it's uh yeah, but it's weird. But then Star Wars never let go. At that point, it was like, all right, enough of this. And but then Clone Wars came, and as as I said, we've been we've been building on Clone Wars with Mandalorian, right? We're taking yeah, a lot of those ideas, so that now stuff that previously wasn't going to be or wasn't supposed to be in continuity because Star Wars continuity is kind of a mess. Um, now is you know, it's like we're we're getting to kind of see what counts and what doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, I'm. It makes me more impressed in Mandalorian because Star Wars is. Uh, when you said continuity is a mix, a mess, it immediately made me think of X Men. Yeah, well, those um, movies are some of the worst <laughs> continuity. Yeah. yeah, both the comics and both the comics and the movies, uh, some of the worst. I feel like Star Wars has been at least a little more consistent, if not in quality, but in, uh, but in consistency. Uh, but that's the other thing. New Mutants came out on home video, and now I'm seeing a lot more reviews than came out in the theater because nobody wanted to risk COVID to watch the New Mutants. Yeah. And they're just like, thank. basically most of the reviews I read were like, thank God this thing is dead. Yeah, I've heard it's the worst X-Men movie, which is hard to believe because I remember Dark Phoenix very clearly. 
But then I don't also- re- see. I don't remember Dark Phoenix very clearly. I remember Dark Phoenix. It was like when I saw Electra. I know it was very, very bad. I can't tell you anything that happened in it. Yeah, I mean, I remember the big set pieces. I remember Juggernaut. They did a multiple man was there for a bit. There's Jailbreak. They go to Alcatraz. There's angels flying around. It's like Magneto lifts a bridge. It's like, I remember like the big set pieces. There's a weird fight in the house where they kill Xavier for like the fourth time. Wait, I feel like you're, you're describing X-Men 3. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know, but Dark Phoenix. Oh, I didn't see that one. What I'm saying is <laughs> X-Men 3 is the worst X-Men movie I've ever seen. But everyone oh. says both Dark Phoenix and New Mutants are so much worse. And it's, it's frankly, it's hard to imagine how much worse they can be because I remember how bad X-Men 3 was. Yeah, Wolverine Origins is so much worse than X-Men 3. That's also true. And Wolverine I Origins forget that movie exists. Wolverine Origins is a complete mess and everybody involved in it should be ashamed of themselves. They are. Everyone involved in it, origin was, you could clearly see, the only reason Ryan Reynolds is in it is because they said, we put Deadpool in it, so if you want to be Deadpool, you have to be in this. And Ryan and Reynolds went- really wanted to be Deadpool in Yeah, everything. Ryan Reynolds was like, well, I really want to be Deadpool, but I don't want to be Deadpool in this. And they were like, well, if you don't do it, we're casting another Deadpool. Yeah. And then, and Hugh Jackman was really embarrassed by it, so which is why he got James Mangold to do the other two. Um, because that was somebody he knew and trusted. And I, I, I like the Wolverine. It's got a bad ending, but there's some stuff building up that's great. And then Logan is just an incredible movie. Yeah, Logan's kind of its own thing just because it's, it's another one of these things where it's like it's, an, it's another movie that on its own doesn't make any sense because it's in the X-Men continuity but it contradicts so much of the X-Men continuity because those movies are such a mess. Yeah, well, Caliban is in that and X-Men Apocalypse, which came out within the same year. And they're played by two different actors, two completely different ways. Right. It's like like, uh, continuity doesn't even matter at this point anymore. No, well, they had, you know, remember they had Emma Frost as a young girl in Wolverine Origins, which I guess took place in the 80s, but then they did First Class and Emma Frost was played by January Jones as a full-grown woman. Yeah. And it's they like, were never interested in uh, maintaining any of their continuity, you know, and it wasn't planned out, you know, it's like- No, nothing we, was. It's done three different ways and it's only worked once. Whereas yeah. X-Men tried to have their own continuity and they completely mangled it in terms of, you know, time travel and all this stuff. The MCU- has had its continuity problems, but for the most yeah. part, it's consistent and it works. And then Justice League, where it's like they tried to cram seven origins in one movie. Right, and, and now they've completely abandoned it. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, like D- they're going to just abandon it completely. Yeah, DC is the opposite of the Fox X-Men, where the Fox X-Men is like, we're just going to keep reintroducing characters that we've already introduced, but they're going to be different origins and different actors in different timelines and eras. Um, yeah, and, and I, they're, allegedly their thought is that that's less confusing for people. Yes. I mean, don't forget that the last run, ever since First Class, every movie has taken place in another decade, but no one's aged. Right. Yeah, it's just um, total nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's totally confusing. Where, um, whereas DC was like, they wanted to do everything Marvel had done over five years in two years. It fe- blew up in their faces, and now they're desperately running away, running away from it, but keeping the actors that people liked. 
Right. It's like they're just making up their own rules now. Yeah, it's just like uh, people like Jason Momoa's Aquaman, so we'll still make his movie. People like Gal Gadot, so we'll make two of her. Yeah, I. so they are making another Aquaman, right? Yeah, they're making another Aquaman. In fact, um, people want Amber Heard to be fired off Aquaman because Warner Brothers just fired Johnny Depp off of Fantastic Beasts. Even though she was the one beating the tar out of him. That's what they're saying now. There's a lot of he said, she said. But you know what, man? I watch Ed Wood on Halloween every year. And actually this weekend, um, Bridgeview, which is not far from uh, where you grew up, is doing uh, drive-ins. They're doing Christmas drive-ins all until New Year's. Mm-hmm. So um, I went to Elf and I went to Edward Scissorhands. And watching Johnny Depp again, I'm like, I've seen Amber Heard and Aquaman. I don't know what their private lives are like, but I'm signed with Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. Amber Heard never made Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I, uh, I, I haven't followed it enough to know who's at fault, but it's like, just get rid of both, both of them. You know, it's like, we could just do it without them. Yes, uh, they were a bad fit, as a marriage counselor would say. Yeah. Yeah, that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> it did not, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I have, I, I feel bad for Johnny Depp. Um, being fired from those movies. They just announced that Mad Mickelson is uh, going to play that role now, moving forward. Oh, yeah. I think I did see that. And those movies, those like, that's the Fantastic Beast movies, right? Yeah. Are you, have you seen any of those? I've, I don't know that I finished the second one. I kind of, I watched it when I was very tired. And uh, about an hour in, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I thought the first one was okay. Um, I think I had a similar, I'm, I think I kind of checked out. I am not invested in these. And then, um, you know, now we're, you know, we're in the process of canceling JK Rowling. So I'm like, do, are we supposed to watch these at all? Cause we're, <laughs> we fired Johnny Depp off of them for having a bad divorce, but we're keeping the author who apparently hates trans people. Right. Um, yeah. And doubles down on it like consistently. Yeah. And then gets John Cleese involved. So I'm like, I guess British people don't like trans people. Is that yeah. Works? It's strange. It's, I can't, I can't follow any of this and I couldn't follow the plot of Fantastic Beasts while I was at it. Yeah. It doesn't sound like we're missing much. I'd say. No, um, but it's that same ideas that all these studios desperately want any kind of like continuity engine. You know what I mean? It's like they want to be able to create uh, and have some kind of um, you know movie they can churn out every couple of years, and it's like a reliable like check in the box. This is why the Hobbit movies were three movies instead of one. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like they just couldn't help themselves. Yeah, there was enough. There was only a story enough for one movie, and right. now and now there are three movies no one wants to watch. Right. But it's yeah. like people went to go see them and that's all they care about, right? Is at the end of the day, they get their, they get their beak wet. Yeah, I remember uh, going back to Star Wars. I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out, um, I was like, oh, Attack of the Clones was so terrible. I'm like, I don't think Revenge of the Sith is going to be very good. But you know what? I, I'm just not into Star Wars anymore. I'll go to the movie to find out what happens. And I'll, I'll probably buy the DVD when it comes out because I have all of them. And maybe some of the figures, but that's it. And I was talking to a friend at the time when it came out who went, John, that's all they want. (laughs) Right. You're doing everything they want you to do. Just going down, checking the boxes. Yeah. Just the the fact that you're not enjoying yourself is not their concern. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. These, these messes. And I don't even think that studios care about the continuity. I mean, everybody's, try to do Marvel, but the reason they tried to do Marvel is Marvel has made 20 hits in a row. 
Right. And, you know, and we're all mad that we haven't been able to see the 21st movie because it's sitting right. on a shelf yeah, waiting crazy. for COVID to end. Although we are, yeah. we are getting Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max, so there's more of a reason for you to own it than watching the Snyder Cut. Right. Yeah. And I think that's another thing. It's like, even like the Snyder cut is this attempt where it's like, okay, people who don't have HBO max are probably, they're hoping what people sign up for that specifically. It's going to be, it's like a mini series, right? It's going to be like four episodes. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck it is. And they're spending $70 million on it. I'm like, wait, so you're making the- another movie. <laughs> they are. They're making another movie out of the movie. No one liked. And, and then there's no the direct word. to make the director who made, who made uh, two DC movies that no one liked? <laughs> Somebody likes happy. I don't know. I I think it's you know these are guys that are uh, these guys are on parlor right now. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> they're enjoying the anger. Yeah, they sure are. So, do we not know if Henry Cavill or either him or Ben Affleck is going to continue to play Superman and Batman after this? Uh, I know Ben Affleck. Like, well, Ben Affleck. How- Ben Affleck said he was done when Robert Patterson was announced in the uh, in the next Batman movie, which is shut down multiple times for COVID. So yeah, whenever that's going to get made, moving forward, Robert Patterson is Batman. Ben Affleck isn't. What I don't know if they're spending seventy million dollars on this, do they expect them all to come back and do reshoots? Well, that's what I don't understand. It's like seventy million dollars. That's a lot of money. Is it all just CG then? Or are they actually like bringing, are they filming? Like, are they, I just thought they were just adding just, you know, extra scenes and using CG to finish, you know, and just extend scenes or something. Yeah. But that's like, I I don't see how that's 70 million. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like what is, that's like three Shazams. Really? (laughs) Shazam is not that expensive a movie. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And then, so, and then are we getting another Shazam movie? I think we are. But huh. you know what? I haven't – you know what? Uh, first, I wasn't really paying attention to DC because DC was originally greenlighting all these movies that didn't go together. But then they were releasing them because right. <laughs> after Suicide Squad, they were like, ah, we're going to do a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. And I'm like, all right, well, then Suicide Squad doesn't count. And we're going to make a Birds of Prey movie with Margot Kidder as Harley. And I'm like, okay, well, then that counts. And then, yeah, and now James Gunn is making a Suicide Squad movie with Margot Robbie as Harley, but it's not a sequel to Suicide Squad. Right, which well, I still haven't seen. Uh, you never saw Suicide Squad? Well, I didn't see the new one. Oh, Birds of Prey was fun. Birds of Prey, yeah, because that's Birds kind of, of Suicide Squad, isn't it? Oh, uh, it's a Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. It's a Harley Quinn movie, and it's very based on the uh, Amanda Carner, Jimmy Palmiotti run of Harley, so it's fun. Yeah, And she's a lot better at Harley than she was. It fits in really well with uh, the animated series they've been doing. I, I really enjoyed it, um, but I don't know. And I think it's on HBO Max now. Yeah, I think so. I think that's where most of the DC, I mean, that's where I watch Young Justice. So it's like all the DC stuff ended up on HBO Max. when they're Right, because the, D, the DC, yeah, went belly up. And, you know, DC is owned by Warner Brothers, which is owned by AT&T, which is right now stripping DC for parts. Right. <laughs> Oh, they they HBO too. Yeah, everything. That's why. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, they they were all under Time Warner, which is now owned by AT and T. So God only knows what's happening. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the thing that the thing that worries me the most 
about D, uh, DC. They fired a, a bunch of their editors and they fired their reprint editors. And they just told the editors of the monthly titles, ah, you do the hard covers. So I'm yeah. like, last week we talked about how many of these omnibuses were coming out. I wouldn't guarantee that we're going to keep getting a lot of them from DC. Yeah, the, well, that's one of the big books that got canceled was they solicited and then canceled uh, Superman by John Byrne omnibus, which I'd been waiting for for a long time. They've got these really nice hardcovers, but I wanted like an omnibus. Right. And uh, they canceled it, and I guess they were going to re-solicit it as a, a different format. Well, so, and it's I, out now. They just re-solicited a volume three of that. And they're basically, oh, wow. they're basically just hardcovers of the trades they did before. Right. Because they had like really thick trades. Like a right. Which is crazy page. because it's like John Byrne's Superman. Everyone's like, this is the Superman run. This is like Walt Simonson on Thor. It's how defining it is. Of a run. I'm one of those people that agrees. Like, yeah, I, I do too. I've read the run. It's incredible. I, I think it's some of John Byrne's best stuff. When but, Byrne, Byrne was doing it right at right around the time that like Dark Knight and Year One came out, so these were some things that pulled me over to DC. When at a time when Marvel was kind of building the image guys and the stories were getting weaker, so I I bailed on Marvel and went to DC, and it was the only time I'd ever read Superman Monthly. I read it for years. I loved it. Yeah. I looked forward to it every every month. Yeah, it's good was stuff. So great. It's and it's and that's one of the ones that's like Superman Monthly is hard to get right. You know, yeah. Bendis is doing a pretty good job of it since he came over to Marvel, but I think he's wrapping up his run. And then, I mean, Kurt Busiek had a small run that I liked. And then, was, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you go back to Jan Jurgens in the nineties did it really well because he built, right. um, and it was not just Dan Jurgens, but you know, John Bogdavani was, was on there. Louise Simonson did a titles. lot. Yeah. There was, uh, Carl Kiesel was a big part of that. who has been on the show. Um, but they, they managed to, to make you read Superman weekly and care what was going on. And the death of Superman's a big part of that. Right. Superman red and Superman blue are part of that. Um, you know, they created Superboy and steel and a bunch of other titles and Supergirl, Peter David doing Supergirl. Like in the nineties, even when everything was selling, they made Superman really solid. Right. But you're right. It is hard to do. It's hard to do it. Well, what's confusing is like the John Byrne Superman, what everyone considers some of the best Superman stuff. They're not going to print an omnibus for that, but the new Teen Titans omnibus, there's five volumes for those. They're printing the entire volumes of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all the way, it's five volumes. And it's like, I just, that's the kind of stuff that doesn't make sense to me. Now I'm loving new Teen Titans. I'm, I just finished the second volume. So oh, I just sold you that one. volume. <laughs> yeah. I, that's how quick I went through it because wow, I, yeah. I read number one, missed number two when it came out. And, and then I and, decided I wasn't going to keep going with it. Cause it's just right. like, I, I, it's a run I appreciate, but I never quite connected with. So I was like, just like, ah, I don't need to own all these omnibuses for a right. run. Uh, it, it's that we were talking about this last week. It's that difference between want and should have. And for me, Teen, New Teen Titans was a should have. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just different strokes for different folks. I'm yeah. a big press fan and I'm always a big team book fan. So right. it's like, this is the, one of the premier team books. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm flying through that and I'm same thing. I'm glad that they're going to print all of it. I'm, I'm, you know, I just ordered, I think the fourth volume maybe, and the fifth one's coming out in a couple months and it's like, um, you know, I want to work through the run. I want to read it. I'm really enjoying it. And it's just like, I just can't believe it's like Superman isn't, this is what I don't understand about their decision-making over DC is like, 
who's running stuff. And it's like, oh, well, they fired everybody. <laughs> That's, yeah. That exactly explains it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I found the same dilemma where I, I've been buying the um, Batman Deluxe editions. And it's like, it's like 12, 14 issues a book uh, for Tom King's run. I really like Tom King's run. Um, you know, it dips, in, it dips in the middle, but then City of Bane is really strong. And actually, this week, uh, we're finally going to see the first issue of Batman Catwoman, which yes, has taken like a year. It was very excited. Yeah, because they, they pulled him off of Batman like a year ago, and he was like, oh, we'll, we'll continue in this new book. And we've been waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, so I want to finish those hardcovers. And now with the shakeup at DC and the way they've been putting out the trades, it's um, where the deluxe dropped off. Uh, it's right before city of Bane. So I was like, all right, well they'll do a big city of Bane hardcover. Cause you can put Bane on the cover. People thought that story was good. It'll sell really well. That'll finish that run. And then after these 12 issues, they'll do a hardcover of Batman Catwoman, which is what would happen in a rational world. Yes. However, when I got, I finished volume five this week and found, realized it doesn't go right up to City of Bane. There's like five issues in between. Um, and that's, they've collected that into the fall and the fallen, which is all build up issues. And they never put that one out in hardcover. They were putting out the small hardcovers, you know, like the way they were doing the yeah. Scott Snyder and Capula run. Um, and the Scott Snyder and Capula run, now we have an omnibus of that. We have had absolutes of that. But I was like, okay, well, if they don't do the deluxe hardcover, um, well, I'll get, I'll get a City of Bane hardcover, and then I'll finish it out. Oh, no, there's a hole in the middle. That, they didn't even put out a hardcover. There's a trade. So I was like, all right, well, then I have these deluxe, and then I have a trade, and then I'll have a hardcover, right? No, because DC solicited City of Bane, the complete collection, with all those contents in paperback. Yeah. So it's <laughs> so just frustrating. like – Yeah, so now I'm, now I'm like – I was at, like I said, I stopped by Challengers today and they had the trade of the Fall and the Fallen, which by the way, is now out of print. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't uh. find it on cheap graphic novels. Uh, it was special order. It was sold out on in-stock trades. It was sold out on Tales of Wonder. Um, Amazon is basically selling it for retail. And I was like, you know what? I'm at Challengers. They lost their River North store. Well, I, I want to give my money to Challengers. I'll buy the trade. And now it's now I'm thinking, well, I'll probably have to get... The City of Bane hardcovers, which were hardcover part one and hardcover part two. Because they were putting them out in six inch hardcovers. And I'm like, that's probably the way I'll have to complete this run. And now I've got to get grab those hardcovers because they're out of print. Jesus. Because now there's a big fat trade paperback coming, which, by the way, doesn't include those buildup issues, which is in a little trade paperback. And the fact that DC fired their reprint editors makes me believe this is the only way I'll have this run on a shelf. That's <laughs> so gross. It really, that's a good word for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, it's very, it's frustrating, but where it's like, we're, we're totally at the mercy of these guys. You know well, I mean? And that's why to build on what is, uh, our conversation last week, you and I always have this argument whenever an Epic collection comes out of like an underlooked run for Marvel, I get really excited. I'm like, Oh my God, look, they're doing, they're doing like the Denny O'Neill run of Iron Man. Like when Jim Rhodes is in the suit, that's awesome to right. totally get this. They're doing the whole John Romita Jr. run of Iron Man. You know, they're doing like all of the Mark Grenwald of Captain America or um, they, they do all the J.M. DeMattis and Mike Zeck of Captain America as an epic collection. And every time I tell you about one of these runs, I'm all excited about it. You go, I'll wait for the omnibus. Yeah. And I'm like, they're not going to do an omnibus of, omnibus of everything. And you're like, yes, they are. And they, they appear to be. <laughs> I don't like, know that that's going to be true, though. 
Yeah, I think given a long enough timeline, it's like I'm confident we'll get them. I think it's like the Epic Collections are uh, what I wish I was getting because they're much cheaper than the Omnibus. Yes, I wish you were getting them too because some of those runs are really, really, really good. Definitely. And most of this stuff, they're they're starting from the beginning. They're going to fill in everything and it'll be easier, I think, to pick and choose Epic Collections than it would be Omnibuses. But I cannot shift gears anymore (laughs) it's like hey i don't know how many omnibuses i have but it's too many to then switch to a different format and make up for it you know what i mean so it's like i'm actually all digital or just stay with what we're doing i'm actually lucky in that the bookcases that i have um to get all the shelves in they're not equal size because they're those bookcases where the center shelf is a support shelf so i can't move that so i have like Omnibuses all the way down, and then there's one middle shelf that's too small for omnibuses, so trades go in there. Right. So it's like I can have omnibus, 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 epic collections, and then yeah. more omnibuses. So I kind of have to shift gears or else I have empty shelves. Right. Well, and I custom built a bookshelf for omnibuses. So yeah, you're screwed. It shows you where it's just like this is a problem that's uh, has one solution. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, Oh, you can take this as a promo or you can take this as just me hurting Steven, but cheap gra- at cheapgraphicnovels.com, mm-hmm. which uh, keeps stuff. It's, they're all kind of affiliated with each other. Tales of Wonder, um, was it, uh, DCBS, uh, in stock trades, cheapgraphicnovels.com. They're all kind of getting from the same source and they'll have like slight differences. They are doing huge Black Friday sales where they just put up um, – they did all the indie publishers this week and they're still up. They just did a huge Marvel. I almost bought um, a Hobgoblin trade for 75% off. And I was like, oh, let me see when they put DC up. And we're still waiting for DC. Uh, and then that book sold out. So I'm not getting it. But I want to see what DC is happening because I'm in this fucking <laughs> horrible situation with these Tom King reprints. Yeah. That I'm like, maybe they'll put that City of Ain hardcovers out on sale. Um, but they did announce that they are doing an omnibus Black Friday sale in December. Isn't Black Friday like over? They're gonna extend it through the entire holiday period. Oh wow. Wow, wow, so, wow. So uh check out cheapgraphicnovels.com. There's already hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trades that are up to like 60, 75, 80 percent off. Who knows what they'll put in that omnibus section? And uh and Honestly, for me, who knows what I will personally need? Uh, yeah. I tend to not wait on stuff I want, so I'm feeling a little optimistic. Yeah, I think it's like uh, what's nice and is a, with the omnibuses is it's like there's only so much of these that we talked about this last week that are still in print and still available. So it's yeah. like it's like you're where you, I'd be buying stuff that like I have on like my wish list that I just haven't gotten around to yet. Stuff I'm like, right. this won't sell out. You know what I mean? It's like, I think there's a lot of stuff like that, that it's kind of like, you know, I'd like to get, you know, um, I don't know what's like a good example. It's like Marvel Knights. They did an omnibus for Joe Quesada. Mm. It's Marvel Knights, so it's like Daredevil, Spider-Man, um, you know, the early kind of stuff. It's like, that's available in omnibus. I haven't purchased yet. I'm not heart set on it but it's like if i got this thing i'd be all right cool i'll read this because i haven't read most of that stuff yeah i just got um i sold some stuff so i used paypal it wasn't part of a big sale but i just got batman golden age omnibus volume eight 
So oh it's my like God. it's like stories from the fifties and Batman, but it's like I have the other seven volumes. So I have a complete run of consecutive Batman's to the Golden Age. Let me ask you this: Do you yeah. read the? You read those? Yeah, they're hard to read. You read Golden Age Batman comics cover to cover, the omnibuses. Uh, I was. Yeah, I'm, I cannot remember if I fully read Volume Seven, but wow. yeah, they're tough to read. But I have. Um, and I have read, I believe, everything from the Silver Age up, which I'm in the process of selling, but I've, had, I've read them. Here's the, here's the problem is that I get really like smug about the fact that like, oh, I've seen every episode of Star, Star Trek ever made, right. uh, which is why I have CBS All Access so I can keep doing that. I've read every issue of Amazing Spider-Man ever printed. Uh, I've read every Batman from the Golden Age up, but I can't remember half of them. Right, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll watch an episode of Star Trek Voyager, and I'll be like, what happens in this one? And I'm like, then why are you working so hard to watch to w- watch these things to have crowing rights about watching everything? If you can't retain it, that's all you get out of this experience. Right. And I don't know, it's like, it's the same thing with comics. Is like, I'll reread comics and be like, oh, yeah, I don't really remember this, or you remember it mostly. And it's just like, I mean, you look at how many comics you've read, and it's like, what do you remember? You know, yeah. it's like, it's like this is why it's like Marvel prints the all Marvel comics. The first page is like the recap page. They say, yes. like, here's what you missed last issue. And that's for new readers, but it's also helpful for people that are reading so many comics. It's hard to keep track of everything. Yep. What I got really confused by was I was reading new teen Titans omnibus at the same time I was watching young justice. And I remember like being very confused, being like, wait, where's Vandal Savage? This isn't a Vandal Savage story, right? Because he's in young justice, but he's not in mm-hmm. the uh, Teen Titans. So it's like, there's a lot of going back and forth of like trying to separate like what characters are doing what and what content you're consuming. Yeah. I just bought, um, uh, I hate to say it, but Marvel subscript, Marvel subscription both doesn't know where I live anymore. Um, and, keeps missing issues. So when I was at Challengers, they missed an issue that was like three issues ago. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to miss an issue. I'm just going to buy this from Challengers and then I'll read it. And then I can read the next two, three issues that are sitting on my nightstand. And I started reading and I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on in this? Right. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like maybe three months, two, three months from when I read a current Spider-Man. And I'm like, I don't even, what's going on? Like, Kindred and Sin Eater? What? Sin Eater's the juggernaut? What the hell? And I don't know. Are the stories... I always wonder this. Is my memory going? Are the stories worse? Is there too much content? And is it because I'm not rereading them? When I was a kid and I didn't have money for comics, you know, you can tell me if you did the same thing. You bought an issue, you read it six, seven times before the next issue came out. Yeah. I would say... It's a bit of both because, like, I'm doing the same thing with Spider-Man. I'm not really feeling this kindred storyline. I'm probably five or six issues behind on Spider-Man, and I don't know that I'm going to go back to it. I'm, like, two, and I'm, like, I'm starting to feel, like, ugh. Yeah, and I always had this rule when I was getting weekly comics, physical weekly comics, not digital comics, is, like, you'd go to the comic book store, you'd get your stack of books, you'd sit down to read them. And if I ever sighed before I pick up a book, that's time to drop it. And I feel like that's where I've been with Spider-Man for the last couple of months is like, every time there's a new issue, it's like, it's like homework to sit down and try yeah. to read it. And it's like, Spider-Man's great. I love Spider-Man, but I can also read 
John Romita Jr. issues of Spider-Man that I've never read before instead of wasting time reading whatever new nonsense is going on that I'm not enjoying and just wait for the next reboot or wait until somebody says, like with Immortal Hulk, which I wasn't reading when it got relaunched, everyone was like, you got to read it. It's so good. It's so good. And for months I didn't. And then I just read six or eight trades over the course of like two weeks and was like, yeah, you can catch up now. It's super easy. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Um, we were originally uh, going to record this uh, podcast earlier in the day, and then you asked if we could push it up a couple hours, and I was like, oh, I'll catch up on the Amazing Spider-Mans. I've, I read them a couple of hours ago, and they felt like homework. Yeah, and I think that's – there's – uh, I, it's it's like it, you're, it's these competing ideas as you're competing with not wanting to miss out and wanting to read the newest what's going on with Spider-Man. And then also, this isn't fun <laughs> and it's yeah. supposed to be fun. And I think it's like, it's that constant dance in your head of when the collecting takes over and is um, more of the focus than what you actually want, which is like good stories with good characters. You know, so it's like kind of recalibrating like what, um, the focus is. Well, speaking of fun, what's your greatest thing in the world this week? Um, well, I, I do say I really have been enjoying the Mandalorian, but I, I will have to say the, uh, new team Titans, uh, run. I, I think it's like, I was trying to explain it to a buddy of mine. It's like, these are old comics. So they're pretty dated. You know, they're from the what seventies or eighties. They started this and, um, it's, they're very dated. So the clothes, the slang, is all dated. Uh, they're early eighties. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cause it leads into crisis. Um, oh, wow. But the, the stories are awesome. It's just like really, really, really well done. Like classic comic stories. And it's like, once you kind of get past like everyone's ridiculous haircuts and fashion, it's like, it is an enjoyable run. I just think it's like, it's, this is the book I told my buddy. He, uh, he's read like dark Phoenix saga and the big X-Men stories. And I said, this, these books were outselling X-Men when those books were coming out. And I think that is, that's remarkable because nobody knows who the Teen Titans are. I mean, the ones from this. Well, uh, yeah. They're a little yeah. more popular now with like the cartoon and stuff. Right. But like, if you ask, you stop 100 people on the street, more people are going to know who the X-Men are than the Teen Titans. And this book was more popular. When X-Men was in its big, not its biggest heyday in terms of sales but it's best stories uh when they were coming out teen titans was doing better than them yeah um yeah for me i i've been i've been streaming stuff more than i've been reading um i've been getting tons and tons of marvel legends figures which are all great yeah but uh i just finished my second watch of the good place and oh yeah we tried that and couldn't get into it oh you gotta stay with it because it'll it It'll just, it's going to switch up on you several times. And um, when I watched it the first time, I mean, the jokes were great. They're like 30 rock level jokes. The cast is really good. I had only ever heard of Kristen Bell and Ted Danson when it started, but then I loved every single person that was on it. Um, it I had the same experience where I started watching the first season and I got a little bored. And what I didn't know was that they were setting they were setting me up for completely blowing up the premise. And they got to a point where every single episode, they blew up the bridge they had built the week before. And I was like, where the hell are they even going? What is this? And it wasn't ludicrous. It was all like, 
it got better every time. And now that I'm watching it the second time, I know what all those big surprises are going to be. Yeah. And it's even better because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the way it's absolutely supposed to go. Uh, and It's like you can I, appreciate it because you kind of know where you're going now. Yeah, I love to do things twice because the it's – I always say watching a show or a movie – uh, reading a run is like going on a trip and the first time you do that trip the whole time you're thinking where are we going when are we getting there um and that's all you think about and you're obsessed with that until you get there and then the second time you can kind of instead of looking ahead you can kind of look out the window going oh look at that detail look at that you know it's like you watch you watch star wars you're like okay you watch an episode of the mandalorian you're like well what's going to happen is 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 Grogu going to be okay? Is Mandalorian going to be okay? And then you watch it again. You're like, wow, look at the way they designed that ship. Look at that. Right. Oh, yeah, look. So the oh, details wait. you pick up on. Yeah. That line goes right back to, to something they said before. Um, the good place is so rewarding because it was so out there and it took such big swings and you realize everything was planned. Everything was right. They knew where they were going the entire time. They knew how big and how ambitious and how crazy this was going to be and how well-rooted the characters were going to be. And it's so worth it. The entire series is on Netflix now. Um, there are only about – And it's over. It's over. It ended this yeah, year. Ended. Yeah, it, and it ended, ended. They didn't cancel it. They weren't like – it wasn't one of those like, hey, we were going to do a season five and we didn't do it, so we ended it quick – the, um, the creators ended it. The creators said, this is all you have to say. Yeah. There's about, I think there's maybe 48 episodes altogether. So you could do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's always the big ask is like trying to get into, uh, something with so much material, but it's like, it helps that it's over and it yes. helps that it ended. You know what I mean? It's like, I did the same thing with breaking bad as I waited until it was over. And then I was like, all right, now let's do it. Everyone said it was good. It ended good. I wasn't going to get burned by like lost again. You know, right, yeah. like, everyone We're, was like, you got to stick with it. You got to stick with it. And then my brother who watched every episode was like, yeah, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. It was like, or like the Sopranos and Mad Men where I jumped in midway through when people said it was the greatest thing on the planet. And then those last couple of seasons were dragging and you were like, right. well, I'm in this. I'm going to keep coming back every week. Now the good place is great. I think it's going to be one of those shows that's going to be bigger on Netflix than it was on NBC. Right, because it'll have that second life of yeah. I don't think I don't know how well it did. I mean, they promoted it, but watching this last season, I'm like, they still got really big budgets. So NBC was still spending money on this, but uh, people weren't talking about it as much. So I don't know what impact it has. Although uh, this weekend, I was I went to a bunch of Targets because they had um, they had their Black Friday sales and they were releasing exclusives, and I found Good Place Funko Pops. Yeah, I think it's like with Funko Pops, I always think it's like, I don't know how they did it, but they have the rights to everything. So yes. anytime I see anything Funko Pops, I very quickly lost the shock of like, I can't believe they're making this because they they do everything. Yeah, um, but I also feel like now Funko Pops is like, it's almost like a, a stamp of uh, geek credibility. It's like, well, they Funko thought this was show was good enough to make Pops out of. It must be pretty good. It must be relevant. Right. It must count. Yeah. So if you want to tell us what counts, what have they not made Funko Pops out of? Um, I don't know. I feel like there's everything. Yeah, uh, I can tell you. May, maybe, there, maybe there aren't Mr. Show Funko Pops. Maybe right. we need those. Uh, 
There are Breaking Bad Funko Pops. Are there Better Call Saul Funko Pops? I'm sure there are. Uh, but let us know what you're thinking. There's ways to get in touch with us. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash caffeinated comics, where we post all the news. If you want to contact me, I'm at not on my book on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official caffeinated comics uh, social networking feed. And Stephen, how do we follow you and how do we find the show? You can follow me on Instagram at the brave butter pecan, and you can find our show anywhere podcasts are streaming, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Amazon music. And we'll talk to you next week.